If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 133 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on March 20th, 2022. Holy mother of God. (laughs) What a week, guys. Good Lord in heaven above. Between my new job that I mentioned last week, program director at the radio station, which, by the way, I was inundated with congratulations about me being the new program director at the radio station I work at. And I appreciate that so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Inundated with work during my first week on my own as the program director. And inundated by congratulations. (laughs) Between the job, though, and everything with the Yankees this past week, I just, holy crap. (laughs) Where the hell to begin? I guess I should mention the first spring training game for the Yankees is on TV today. I have it on in the background of my room as I'm taping here, so if you hear any TV noise, then that's what you're hearing. Any sort of, uh, I don't know, static in the background or that little high-frequency noise that some televisions give off. (laughs) If you hear any of that in the background, then that's why. But obviously, as far as moves, and there was a continuation of moves all throughout the sport, but with the Yankees in particularly, all the action. (laughs) I, I, I still laugh about it looking back on it a week later, but of course, all the action just had to truly kickstart mere hours after I stopped recording last Sunday, and only like an hour after I uploaded episode 132 last week. Because that's just how it goes. (laughs) You think you covered everything for the day, and then shortly after you upload a show, any sort of material, the even bigger things happen. (laughs) Just my luck. Only me. (laughs) The first thing to happen, which was right after I uploaded the show, was the Yanks and Twins trade, which I was not shy about in giving my opinions with right away. Sanchez and Gio... For Donaldson, Kiner Falefa, and Ben Rortvit. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure I am. And I'm going to expand on my thoughts in the social media segment coming up when I give my thoughts. I'm going to expand on them in a bit. But for now, here in the intro, long story short, when it comes to my opinions on this trade, I'm fine with Gary going, as I'm sure a lot of you guys can imagine. <laughs> I'm totally fine with Gary going. Almost addition by subtraction, which I've seen a lot of people refer to it as, and I'm in agreement with that. It's tough to see Gio go. It really is. Even though he didn't have a great 2021 between injuries and underperforming, he had a down year. Now, I was wrong about Gary at least starting the season as the catcher. I really thought he would at least start the season as the Yankees' everyday catcher. I said that a bunch throughout the offseason, so... 
This came as a surprise to me in that regard. I really thought after passing up on guys like Stallings, Garver, all the rest, I really thought that they were just committed to having Gary be the starting catcher, at least to start the year. And I think everybody else was under the impression was under the impression of that as well. So that surprised me. So I was wrong about that. I will gladly admit that. I always admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong. I have, however, spoken often as well about how Geo seemed to be the odd man out in the infield ultimately, and that he could very well be dealt. So I guess I was right with that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take an L and a W. <laughs> I will miss him, though. I've always liked Geo. I appreciated all the, uh, all the offensive contributions that he gave to this team, even though he came here being more known as a defensive player. The things that he did offensively, the attitude that he brought to the team, to the clubhouse... I'm really going to miss him. Really enjoyed Gio's time here. Even though I really expected him to be dealt at some point, I am going to miss him. As far as what they got back, Josh Donaldson, let's start with him. Not only was I never a fan of him personally, although I, I respect him for the way that he buried the hatchet with Cole this past week, saying he's relieved that he doesn't have to strike out against him anymore. <laughs> I do respect that, that sort of self-acknowledgement, that sort of humor towards an otherwise what was known as a bad situation, and that was a thought that crossed my mind. How would he and Cole deal with each other? They're on the same team now, after Donaldson was very vocal about the sticky stuff from last year and how he named Cole amongst people who used it in the past. Nonetheless, all that joking aside, and me possibly gaining a little respect for him and just a good chuckle out of him saying that, nonetheless... I still see him as an aging vet going on 37 years old who costs over $20 million a year at this stage in his career. I know he's still got promising attributes, especially offensively. He still can hit. But taking on the guy's whole salary at this age, with his injury history too, he's had trouble with injuries every year basically except for 2019 since... 2016, really. He's gotten injured quite a bit. So, at his age, with his injury history, and as you get older, you expect the body to only get more injury-prone and break down a little bit. It's naturally what happens to the human body as it ages. Not to mention, in hindsight, what it ultimately allowed the Twins to do Friday night into Saturday, which I'll get to in a bit. But with that, made it even worse in my eyes. I mean, maybe I'll have my mouth shut, but as of now, I'm just not about it, guys. Not feeling it too much. And I know he hit a home run yesterday in his first spring training at bat, and that's good for him. But it's spring training. <laughs> so I'm just not about it right now. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. <laughs> you guys are probably highly anticipating my thoughts on him, especially if you've been following my Twitter throughout the week. But right when I was done saying last week that I was relieved that he was done with as a stopgap option because he was dealt to the Twins. Of course, naturally, like I said, right when I was done releasing the episode last Sunday, this sort of a trade happens. But of course, the same week, the very same week last week when I was just done saying that I was relieved that Kiner Falefa was no longer a stopgap option, of course, naturally, the Yankees acquire him in this trade anyway, despite my hopes of them going bigger at shortstop. And I've made my stance clear on this. He, he would obviously play shortstop. 
Meanwhile, I had people reminding me of his Gold Glove Award, which he won at third, not short, guys. And you could remind yourself of that with basic research. And the guy may have had more hits than any Yankee last year. But there's more to an offensive story than hits and batting average. Which I do value, as I've said. But how about others? On base percentage. OPS. OPS plus. Slugging. Or how about even WRC if you want to get into analytics a little bit. My analytics fans out there. You got WRC plus. And those of you who know me very well know that I go by much more than just numbers, but there are plenty of offensive stats to look at to tell an entire story. And a lot of the offensive stats you look at of his, especially last year, are just a nightmare. (laughs) They're not good. I get that not everybody has pop in their bat, nor do I require that. The Yanks have enough of that. But it doesn't change the fact that a lot of his offensive stats just aren't good. Ben Rortvit. Never even heard of him before this trade. Young catcher, who I've heard is said to be more defense-oriented. That's great. The Yankees could use that, especially after dealing with Gary these last few years. And now he already has an oblique injury. Or so it was said yesterday. Whether it be minor or major, obliques are never fun, but he already has an oblique injury. In the end, I ultimately said that I hope this was simply a stepping stone to other moves, though. That's what I mainly said about this. I was willing to be patient, and I still am. If other necessary improvements are made, then fine, whatever, I'll I'll live with it, I guess. What else am I going to (laughs) do? But I was really just hoping that this would simply be a stepping stone to other moves. Now, other things that happened throughout the week, because there were plenty of things. Tuesday, they signed a 29-year-old utility player, Philip Evans. Used to be a Met, and then he was a Pirate, and now he's a Yankee. More smaller moves. Always a thrill. (laughs) Just uh, more depth moves. And then the... Vaccine discussion was resurrected again when discussing certain players that may or may not be vaccinated and those who aren't may not be able to play their home games, as was the case with Kyrie Irving with the Nets, if you follow basketball at all, or maybe even heard that just casually in sports news. It's been said that unvaccinated Yankees and Mets players may have to miss their home games, which I'm having trouble understanding because... Aside from the fact that this is outdoors anyway, but you're going to let possibly 40,000 plus vaccinated or unvaccinated, I'm pretty sure, gather in the stadium at full capacity? Because I'm pretty sure earlier in the month, the New York City vaccine mandate was dropped. I'm pretty sure. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was dropped. And you could do anything indoors now, which I assume also applies for outdoors, obviously, and even more so, without supplying proof of vaccination. But you're going to allow unvaccinated and vaccinated fans, 40,000 plus potentially, gather in the stadium at full capacity, but not allow certain players who, for a vast majority of the games, will be standing in the field extremely far apart from each other. You're not going to allow them to play? I know they'll also be in the dugout together, but you get what I'm trying to say. I hope. But it just, I don't know, that doesn't make much sense to me. I know, obviously, the teams have investments in these players. I get that, but just generally, it doesn't really align. 
If you're listening on YouTube and you want to go school me in the comments, then go ahead. If you want to school me in my DMs or on a tweet that I put out, fine, whatever. But it just seems kind of nonsensical and maybe even hypocritical to me. Not really understanding how you could do one but not apply the same thing towards the other. I'm just a bit confused with that, ethically and morally. But there was discussion on that whole mess. Anthony Rizzo resigned. Two years, $32 million with an option to opt out after year one. So no Olsen or Freeman, like I was really looking forward to, especially Olsen, as many of you know. He was really the one that I wanted. He ended up with the Braves, and the Braves gave up a lot. <laughs> they gave up their number one and two prospects, along with two other top 15s in their system, I believe. So for the Yanks, that'd be like Volpe, Dominguez, and then some. <laughs> so I guess that just it wasn't meant. It wasn't meant to be. As much as that pisses me off, but it just wasn't meant to happen. It was too much. And it just really sounded like Freddie Freeman just really didn't want to be here. That's what the reports made it sound like, at least. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is. I really would have liked either of those two, especially Olsen, but I've also said time and again on this podcast that if it had to be Rizzo that we settled with, then I'd be okay with that too, because despite how some people want to go after Rizzo, I like the guy. So I'm okay with it. But it just I, I am not happy that Olsen and Freeman did not work out. I'm not happy about that. Still really pissed off about it. Domingo Herman to the 60-day IL already. That's how you really know the Yankees' season is upon us. Injuries already starting. If that weren't the case, then things would just be out of balance in the universe. (laughs) Opened up a roster spot for Rizzo, though, I guess. (laughs) Luke Voigt traded to the Padres. That was more news that came out in the middle of the week. And I'll just say this much about that real quick. I mean, we all knew, we all knew, or at least a vast majority of us knew that it was coming. We've been talking about it forever, how we don't think Luke will be here for long, especially after the Yankees more or less publicly admitted that they were shopping him last year and throughout the offseason before the lockout, even after the lockout, even before this official trade with the Padres. I mean, it was basically public admission at that point. And I don't like Monday morning quarterbacking, but it's a shame a trade couldn't happen after 2020 because, I mean, the Yanks would have gotten a lot more for him. If it was after that season, would have had a lot more value being the home run king that year in the shortened season. And I think they already made out okay. I mean, prospect Justin Lang that they just got ranks at number 20 in the Yankees system, I've heard. Despite how low Luke's value was after 2021, still managed to get a prospect that ranks in your top 20. It's not bad. But no doubt, I mean, it would have been far more if after 2020, for instance, but... This is the timeline we're in. That's hindsight. What are you going to (laughs) do? But I do wish the best of luck to Luke Voigt. I really do. Guy gave us a lot of great moments to look back on, that's for sure. And I hope he makes out okay over there. I got no ill feelings towards him at all. And then there's the obvious one. The obvious piece of news that I hinted to earlier when discussing the Yanks and Twins trade last Sunday and what it ultimately allowed them to do in hindsight, the Twins meaning, but Carlos Correa... The highly anticipated, highly spoken about, probably the most spoken about free agent in baseball this past offseason. I could say past now because spring training's officially begun. But Carlos Correa 
to the Twins <laughs> on a three-year contract, $105 million? Opt-out option after both of the first two years? Who in the name of God saw that coming? <laughs> I mean, looking at it now, the Yanks could have gotten him given this contract. I mean, they stayed under the tax last year. Money coming off the books next year after this season. But nah. I mean, how nice of him to take a going on 37-year-old Donaldson's contract worth over $20 million a year off the book for the Twins, along with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, so they can sign Correa on a deal that no one expected. So nice of the Yanks to do that. <laughs> it's just so weird. Maybe people really just weren't confident in Correa's back problems holding off. or I don't know. I really don't know. Because I have mentioned his injury problems in the past, with his back in particularly. But honestly, who the hell knows? It's just the weirdest and the most unexpected contract and team for the guy considered to be the top free agent this past offseason. It's weird. Even fortune tellers couldn't have seen this one coming. Three years, 105? I mean, the only thing I'm left saying here on Sunday, March 20th, is what even is baseball this year? What is going on? Correa's a twin? Freeman's a Dodger? Donaldson's a Yankee? What? <laughs> oh my god. And plenty other things happened too, like Chapman going to the Blue Jays, Matt Chapman. Already mentioned Freeman going to the Dodgers. Pineda was signed by Detroit, I believe. Story signed with Boston this morning. Well, I'll go further in on that in a moment, and plenty of other things that are probably flying over my exhausted, overworked brain. <laughs> Just a hectic week all around. So there's really only one question to ask ourselves, my fellow Yankee fans. After everything this past week, up to where we're at now, at the time I'm recording, early Sunday afternoon, how do we feel about everything so far? And you know something? That is our social media segment today. Straightforward and to the point. How do we feel about what the Yanks have done up to now? I asked all of you to sound off for this week's open response social media segment. Let loose your thoughts. I've definitely given some of my opinions early on, and I'll dive a little bit deeper into my thoughts in just a moment before getting to yours. But real quick, my friends, before I forget like I've done at the start of every show for the past two or three weeks in a row now, let me <laughs> let me remind you to follow me on all social medias, guys, if you don't already. Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, at Mike Scudero. Instagram, Mike Scuds 97 Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below if you're listening on YouTube, and show your usual love if you're listening on any of the other three. Leave a review, leave whatever you gotta leave. <laughs> but that is basically just what the question is this week, guys. Open response, just let your thoughts fly. Quite simply, how do you feel about what the Yanks have done so far?
Now, my further thoughts on this. Overall, I think they really need more. I think they really do. I don't think nearly enough has been addressed. I would really love to still get Manaya and or Montes. We've spoken a lot about them. Montes and Manaya are great pitching options from Oakland. You see that Rortvit has his oblique problems now. And again, I don't care how minor or major it is. I've heard plenty of reports saying it's minor, it's minor. But oblique injuries are never easy. You never want to hear about them. I mean, and you could use help at catcher now since you only have Higgy at this point. So that's not good with Rortvit. You definitely could afford some improvements to the starting rotation with Minaya or Montes. I mean, you could have grown a pair when it comes to needing help at catcher. You could have grown a pair and try your absolute best to sign Trevor Story and then have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa split time catching with Higgy, I guess. And there's another positive for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa if you're looking for any. He can catch too. While Story could have been your big get for shortstop, Kiner-Falefa caught with the Rangers. So when you look at catching, I mean, that's what happens when you don't go out and get a Stallings like I wanted or a Garver. The list goes on. I mean, there weren't a, there wasn't a plethora of options out there when it comes to catcher, but we know there were options, and I was a big advocate of getting someone like a Stallings, and they just didn't do it. So they do need more. They need help at catching. They could afford to get another starter. What they have now should not be it. And I'm sorry, the fact that they let Trevor Story, as of this morning, sign with Boston which means you're going to have to see a lot of him on a contract worth a couple of million over 20 million on average. Looking at Correa and Story's affordable deals now and looking at the Yankees now having chosen to take on a 36-year-old Donaldson's contract, which is only 2 million a year on average less than Story's and settling for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa over him. And yes, I understand, I understand Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's positive attributes, guys. He steals bases, so there's speed, there's athleticism there. He'll give you good defense. But are we really going to sit here and debate between him and Trevor Story? Especially knowing now that the Yankees taking on Donaldson's contract worth only slightly less than Story's with the Sox now? also helped in allowing the Twins to give Correa his contract because they had some of that money coming off the books? And seeing today that the Yankees followed up the story news with signing Marwin Gonzalez to a minor league deal? I get it, small depth move, but you followed up with that? Even if the two aren't even related? It's just a really a, a symbol for how things have gone this offseason so far. Guys, listen, I will wait and see like the rest of you. There's no doubt. I'm not forecasting doom. I'm not saying this team is doomed to fail yet. You never know what could happen. The team hasn't played a single meaningful regular season game yet. I understand that. Okay? I I get it. And I don't wish bad on Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or Donaldson. You play on my team, I'm going to root for you. Unless, of course, just in every way, you're a remarkable piece of crap. Then that might be a different story. 
But with that being said, in my eyes, you can't spin this positively in too many ways. Affordable or not, they missed out on basically every big name at each position they needed upgrades at. Only one I'll be okay with, especially because of how much Olsen costed in prospects ultimately, he costed a great deal. And since it sounded like Freeman just really didn't want to come here, is first base. Because again, I like Rizzo anyway. I've said that a million times. And especially given a full season here, I think he'll still put up plenty of solid numbers, be a great defender, and be an even better leader in the clubhouse with championship experience, you might remember, you might think to add. But both Correa and Story, especially Story, being affordable at six years, 140, and taking on Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and after that, the Twins signed Correa for three freaking years for just over 100 million with opt outs after both of the first two years. How all that played out ultimately? Guys, if they don't get Manaya or Montes to upgrade at pitcher at the very least, I mean, how in the name of everything holy could you possibly consider this a successful offseason? I have my general excitement for the season because I love baseball, and I'll always love the Yankees, obviously. And like I said, I'll wait and see, because who knows what'll happen. But my God, has this been a bizarre and disappointing offseason so far. Not to mention that All this betting now that they're doing on Volpe being an absolute superstar just continues to pile on to the already enormous pressure on this kid's shoulders now that they chose to go down the shortstop stopgap route. This poor guy is going to have the highest of expectations on him, more so than any rookie in recent memory. (laughs) I mean, listen, that's the price of being a fantastic player. I get it. But the pressure that's going to be on this kid, astronomical. And he seems to be a really good, genuine, level-headed kid, so maybe he can handle it. And I'm sure he's aware of it. But still, are you going to deny the pressure that's going to be on this kid? To say that it's going to be enormous just doesn't even begin to remotely scratch the surface. But back to positives real quick. Let's let's stick with positives for a little bit. The only positives genuinely, in my opinion, that I can think of is that Gary Sanchez is gone. I'm very happy about that, and I wish the guy the best of luck in Minnesota. But just as far as him being a Yankee, I just couldn't watch it anymore. I was out of patience. It's done. Gary's gone. Donaldson can still put up solid numbers offensively. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa can run. He'll be fine defensively. Although I'd rather him at third base where he won his gold glove if I were forced to choose. And he can play catcher if need be. That's a positive, I guess. That he can have some versatility throughout the infield. But guys, story, affordable, Correa, the Yankees opened up the Twins' payroll so that they could sign him. Donaldson, aging veteran who's had some injury trouble, going on 37 years old costing over $20 million. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, mostly just bad offensive numbers outside of batting average, kind of. 271 average last year. 
with a 312 on base percentage, 357 slugging, 669 OPS, and 85 OPS plus and WRC plus is to go with that. Just 85. It's just not good, guys. Factually, not good. You can't just go by one, maybe two, stats to tell a story offensively. And like I already said before, I want to keep mentioning this too so people don't come after me for this. I factor in more than just numbers, as many of you know. I do. I do. But whether you like it or not, numbers have always been a part of telling the story in baseball as well. It's always been a part of the game. Yes, more stats have developed over the years. There's analytics and all these advanced stats that make a lot of people's heads spin. Hell, even some of them make my head spin. But it's always been a part of telling the story. And there are even more of them now to tell an even bigger story. Those are the ones that I usually like to go by, and those are some massive offensive stats. But again, Donaldson, aging vet, problem with injuries throughout the last few years, costing over $20 million, money that could have been put elsewhere for other areas. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa with the offensive stats I just gave. He may be fine defensively, but you need to give something offensively too. With the stats I just gave, and being an in-between or stopgap while banking everything on Volpe, who has the pressure and weight of the world on his shoulders now. Ben Rortvit, although it seems to be minor, already having oblique problems. Catching help, still needed. No outfield upgrades, really. And you know that I really would have liked to see an upgrade over Hicks, even though, you know, a lot of people will be quick to mention, oh, what's the likelihood of them getting rid of Hicks anyway because of the contract or whatever other reason you can think up? Probably not likely, but I personally would have still liked an upgrade over him. At this point, I'm just waiting for that Gardner re-signing. No pitching upgrades, yet. And if that doesn't happen, the whole offseason, just being that Twins trade and a bunch of minor league, small depth deals and moves, trading away Voigt and trying to trade away Andujar, although I agree with doing those things, if that's the whole offseason, dude, not nearly enough. Not nearly. You guys think I like not feeling good about the team? I know they haven't played a meaningful game yet this year. Like I said before, I'm aware of that. Save it. I don't want to feel negative. But if you're someone who wants nothing, ever, but optimism, then turn this show off. Because I go by evidence to form my opinions, not blind loyalty. I call my teams out when warranted, as you should too. It's okay to give valid criticism. And my criticism could turn out to be totally wrong. I never said I was always right. I just admitted before when I was wrong. And I hope I am wrong about certain things I'm saying here. But these are the thoughts at this point in time. And given everything that's happened and all the factors laid out in front of me, I mean, come on. And I mean, regardless of opinion, you'll get lit up for it on Twitter these days. Everybody's lost their damn minds on there. It's like the Hunger Games. 
I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, but are we okay? Guys, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, particularly if there's evidence to support said opinions. That's what the forum is for, to give thoughts. Nobody says you have to follow me on Twitter. Nobody says you have to listen to this show. That's what the forums are for, to give thoughts. And if there's evidence to support said thoughts, there's no need to irrationally chew someone out over it, just because their opinion is different than yours. Now, you want to be optimistic? Then fine. I may disagree in certain areas about that optimism, but that's your prerogative. But allow me to feel how I feel, considering there's evidence to support it. You can acknowledge positives and negatives, believe it or not. And I'm tired of the few people, and I know others will tell me, oh, don't listen to them, but it's annoying. I am tired of the few people who think I'm not a true Yankee fan just because I critique their moves, perhaps in a negative light sometimes. Some people, some people really think it's hysterical to me. Some people really think that being a fan means being blindly loyal to the team you root for and not questioning a single thing. Well, I got news for you. Part of being a fan is also acknowledging the team's faults and wanting them to be the best that they can be. Within reason, obviously. You can critique and still love them. I know, shocking. You can do both. And that's what I've done as best as I possibly could. If you can't separate those two things, that's not my problem. Grow up. You're really going to sit there and tell me that I have no right to critique what was done with shortstop? When in the beginning of the offseason, even Cashman himself and the rest of the team made it sound like shortstop was the main thing they're focused on improving massively, all the while while being gifted with a shortstop class for the ages of proven elite shortstop major league talent. And instead, they go down the stopgap route and put even more pressure on poor freaking Anthony Volpe, who has yet to even see past A-ball? And I can't be upset or even mildly concerned or doubtful about that? Kindly get lost. I am done with these over-the-top, flying-off-the-handle, psychopathic sports maniacs on Twitter and otherwise, just crapping on people all the time for their opinions. You disagree with me? Fine. I actually encourage that, despite some thinking I don't. You might be saying, oh, the only one that sounds like they're flying off the handle right now is you. Trust me, you don't know what I've had to deal with on Twitter this past week. Not to mention the stress in my personal life right now. This is a release for me, trust me. But I actually encourage disagreements, despite some thinking that I don't. Pay attention! I've always welcomed disagreements. I like having debate. Reasonable, level-headed debate. I'm as much of a ball buster as the next guy is. But know the line between ball busting and straight-up disrespect and irrationality, people. And maybe be willing to accept for once in your life, like I and other reasonable people do, that you could, believe it or not, be wrong about something. It's just been an unusually frustrating week dealing with people and their crap. I've been holding that in the whole week, what you just heard. (laughs) 
I think I got all my thoughts across, basically. So let's hear some of your thoughts. Now, this was posted yesterday, like all my social media segments are. For a show that I do on Sunday, the social media segments are posted on Twitter and Instagram on Saturday. So obviously, before Story signed with Boston this morning. So these replies were written before the Story news. So people who are positive might feel more pessimistic today after they already wrote out this reply yesterday. Or maybe they could feel be feeling just as optimistic. Or maybe people were feeling pessimistic or now even more pessimistic. I don't know. <laughs> but these are the replies from yesterday. So we should take all that into account as well, the timing of it. But let's start on Twitter. I'm maybe going to read, I don't know, 10 to 15 of them, depending on how long they take to get through. And then just a few over on Instagram because we're already getting pretty deep into this episode. And I'm freaking tired. <laughs> My job and all the Yankees news throughout this past week is just, I'm drained. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Sevy just gave up a run in the game. Oh, well, yeah, who cares? Spring training. <laughs> all right, let's start on Twitter with the question again. Let me remind you after I just totally uh, lost my mind a little bit there. <laughs> all right, so the question once more. Quite simply, how do you feel about what the Yanks have done so far? All right, let's get started. My friend James at RebirthChaos09 says, Underwhelmed. They addressed some needs, but didn't do enough. Need to make moves, and now need to improve starting pitching and now catcher. Yeah. Like I said, another starting pitching addition would be extremely nice. Montes or Manaya would be fantastic. Preferably Montes, probably, but I'd be thrilled with either of them. Either of them are great options. Manaya for a pitcher of that skill. He's in his last year of team control and only costs about $10 million coming up. And that's more than worth it, even though it's a walk year because he'll be a free agent next winter. Montes would be even better. More team control, and I believe he had better numbers than Manaya than Mani last year. So, yeah, definitely could use either of them, and the Yankees are apparently still in on them. We'll see if they get them. And with catcher now, yeah, they definitely need catching help. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Um, because right now, I guess, with Rortvit dealing with an oblique problem, if that ends up being a, a bigger problem, if that ends up being a bigger issue, then I guess you could have Kiner Falefa help with catching. And then what are you going to do with shortstop? You get to shift Glaber over there? Who's the backup shortstop? Maybe you put Peraza there if you absolutely have to? Maybe. But other than that, he's really the only shortstop prospect ready as far as who's closest. So what are you going to do? If Kiner Falefa needs to cover catcher or another position, you can put Glaber Torres back at shortstop after the, how that went last year? <laughs> this is what I mean, guys. I mean, maybe I'm missing something because, again, my, I'm just exhausted. <laughs> but, I mean, this is... Yeah, they, they definitely need more work. They need catching help. And they could definitely use more starting pitching. Yeah, you're right, James. Rob at Laker 477 says, I'm infuriated that the Yankees, with the amount of money they rake in year after year, refuse to spend on a big name signing, especially after listening to Hal crying poverty. Totally unacceptable. Well, the amount of money they rake in every year. Yeah, of course. Especially after staying under the tax last year and all of us thought that they would go absolutely ballistic this offseason. They did not. They, like I said before, they had a free agent shortstop class for the ages in front of them when they 
expressly needed to improve at shortstop first and foremost, with first base being equally as important or maybe a close second. And they went the stopgap route. So, yeah. And you can't, I can't blame anybody for being upset about it. I can't. Cannot. At Dflex2123 says, It's strange. They took on salary to acquire Kainafalefa by adding Donaldson, indirectly helping the Twins land Correa. Still have both DJ and Glaber. No center fielder if Hicks gets hurt. Need a starter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much it may have helped the Twins, but yeah, definitely it took off payroll off their books. That's a fact. I don't know how much it directly correlated with Correa, but I'd be willing to bet that it helped at least a little bit. They took probably about $25 million this year alone off the payroll, and anywhere from 30 to 35 is going to Correa. So it did free up some space. Could very well have played a part. And if it did, then that's just embarrassing. <laughs> it really is. You took payroll from the Twins, and they got Correa. And I know he has an opt-out after both of the first two years, so if he opts out after this year, he'll be available all over again, just like that next offseason. I get it. But my God, is it dumb. And yeah, you have DJ and Glaber, two second basemen. You want to keep Glaber as far away as possible from shortstop, I imagine. DJ doesn't play shortstop. It's basically the only infield position he doesn't play outside of catcher. (sighs) Some people are saying Glaber could be used in a deal to get... Montes and or Manaya, probably just one or the other. But yeah, if that doesn't happen, then where are you gonna sit either one of those? DJ or Glaber? A lot of questions to be asked right now. And yeah, in center field, like I said, there were no outfield upgrades. I said that too. I'm not a Hicks guy. I know a lot of other people aren't as well. He can't stay healthy. And even though he gets on base a lot with walks, he doesn't give you too much else offensively except for the occasional home run. And after he had Tommy John surgery, we know how much of a hit his defense even took. But if he gets hurt, they'll probably just slide Judge over to center field. And then have Gallo or Stanton playing right or left. It depends. They could shift either of them. They both play right and left. So put Stanton in right, maybe leave Gallo in left. Or you switch them around. That's probably what they do. But then you need more outfield depth anyway. And if he comes back, then that's probably where Gardner would fit in. <sighs> You need help a catcher. This is what people are talking about when they say that just enough, not enough was done. And I'm inclined to agree with that. Look at what's in front of us. At Yankee Ken says, they've done a good job at establishing that they're interested in sneaking into the last playoff spot. Still too many questions and holes that have not been addressed. Tough to blame people for feeling this way. Yeah, some big names couldn't be brought over here, and it was out of the Yankees' control. Like, Freeman sounded like he just didn't want to come here. Fine, whatever, it happens. Not happy about it, but it happens. And with Olsen, Olsen costed an arm and a leg in prospect. Sounds like the Yankees would have had to give up if you were doing the equivalent of what the Braves had to give up. Volpe, Dominguez, and then some. That's a lot. I'd be willing to give up a top prospect, even though I'd have trouble with Volpe, but... I mean, I'd sit and think about it with Dominguez or others, and but I don't know. It would That's a lot. That is a lot, despite how amazing Olsen is. And, of course, the Braves extended him right after that for like another eight years because that's, that's their first baseman now, now that they lost Freddie. 
So that's fine. Nothing could be done with those two. And bringing Rizzo back is not a bad option at all. I don't have an issue with it. I acknowledge that there are better options than him, because that's just factually true. But I'm not going to sit here and pout about Anthony Rizzo coming back. I look forward to see to seeing what he could do in a, with a full season here. Two-year contract, opt-out after this year. I think he'll spend both years here. We'll see. So with first base, not too much could be done, but with shortstop, <laughs> that's a different story. People will be quick to mention, hey, they, they have a good defensive shortstop now in Kiner Falefa, even though I've seen his, his stats at third base are better when he's there. That's where he won his gold glove. And with Donaldson at third now, I mean, didn't really need a third base upgrade. Still can put the bat on the ball. It's whatever. Take on all that money at that age. Might have an injury problem. Might not. We'll see. But you look at catcher, you need catching help as well. Could afford to add another starter. Yeah. Even look at the outfield with Hicks. There are things that you could understandably have some concern over. Rebecca at Peace Now for Life says, I say a C plus. I worry about Donaldson's age. Would have liked to get him younger. I'm happy with Isaiah Connor Falefa, but would have been happier with Correa. I'm fine with Rizzo, but again, I think Freeman or Olsen would have been better choices. Losing Geo may hurt. Yeah, you have a right to be concerned about Donaldson's age. He's gonna be thirty seven. He ain't young. You would have liked to get him younger if you would have gotten him in that window of 2013 to 16 when he was mashing with Toronto. Yeah, that, that would have been a great time to get him. You're right about that. With yeah, And with, listen, with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you're going to get a guy, I guess, who could put the bat on the ball here and there, which I guess is good with contact because, you know, I don't know how many of those hits, the 171 or 6, I believe, that he had last year, more than any Yankee, yeah. How many of those hits were with Two outs, nobody on in the bottom of the ninth. Down by five, though. Or up by five. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why. That's what I mean when I say there are a lot more numbers to fully tell a story. And, of course, you can't compare when it comes to comparing him with Correa or Story. And with Rizzo, yeah. You acknowledge, reasonably so, that Olsen and Freeman are better options because they are. That's just factually true. That's not Rizzo-hating. That's just acknowledging the truth. But Rizzo's still a good option. Very good. Very, very good. Defensively, looking forward to seeing what he could do offensively with the Yankees in a full season. And look what he brings to the clubhouse. Look what he brings championship-wise, with championship experience. That stuff means something to me. That's the aspect of the game that I look at that transcends numbers. I also balance that in, too. At H, Bulldog78 says, B-. minus. They could get an A in two moves. Sign story and trade Torres. That's where, that's where it comes into play, where this was discussed yesterday before the story deal with Boston this morning, so I'll let that one slide. But trade Torres and or a package of prospects from Montes and Manaya. It sounds simple. I know there are contract concerns. Difficult decisions have to be made. I still can't understand why they can't trade one shortstop prospect and develop the other four. Yeah, it's another thing. I mentioned that on plenty of episodes. How many shortstop prospects they have? (laughs) Oh, God. And that's what I meant before with a lot of people also mentioning, maybe including Glaber Torres in a package with the Oakland A's to get Montes and Norman 
But then again, outside of just the years of control he has left and his very young age, what real value does Torres have after the last two seasons that he's had? There's definitely still some value there. His age, his team control, possible potential to bounce back. But it'd probably have to be Torres and then some, even though the A's are fire sailing. Yeah, it's tough. At RJ Cantelmo, I think that's how you say it, <laughs> says all they've done is reshuffle an existing deck. These moves are designed to bridge them to the prospects they have more than they are designed to push them over the top now. In some ways, yeah, and in a lot of ways they just plain out need help still in areas. They just didn't really even finish it off. I mean, that's how I see it. You can still afford to have another starter. Would have liked some help in the outfield when it comes to center field with Hicks. Need catching help. What if Kiner Falefa has to do some catching, or if he gets hurt, what are you going to do at shortstop then? It just, it seems incomplete. Just incomplete. That's why after the Yankees-Twins trade, I was just telling myself, I'm like, this just can't be the end. There's got to be more. Because otherwise it just wouldn't make sense. At E4 Mafia OG says, improved defensively, picked up some versatility with Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and Donaldson is a pro at the plate. Not so great with picking up the full bag with Donaldson, but they did what they had to do. Yeah, I, I mentioned the versatility with Isaiah Kiner Falefa. That's one of the positives with him. He plays shortstop, shift around the infield, he can play some catcher, puts the bat on the ball. He does that, I'll give him that. But a lot of the offensive stats I gave him to you before, you could look them all up yourself. Just not good. He'll improve you defensively up the middle, even though I'd rather him at third base. And Donaldson can still hit. He can. I gave that to him. What if he gets hurt? And you took that money off the books for the Twins. And they did what they did. You had that looming in the back of your mind, too. It's just tough. It's tough. At Laura underscore Icemont says, Honestly, I'm feeling a little underwhelmed at the moment. There's a few. There's still a few holes that need to be addressed, such as another outfielder, pitching, and catching. I'm hopeful that we can get these addressed in the next three weeks. That's what I've been saying. Next, we have Spencer at Musician DMD saying, Exchanging Sanchez and Gio for Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Rortvit was a stunning and great move. Resigning Rizzo was equally as good. In my opinion, Cashman didn't panic and got the Yankees the best deals to serve their interests. Do they make the Yankees the leading contender in the AL East? No. But they make sense, especially if you see trading Gary as addition by subtraction. Donaldson's older, but I like him. Tough player, could serve the team well. Overall, pleased with the moves. I just I have to disagree with saying that the, these deals best serve their interests. Because there's still more that needs to be done. It's definitely incomplete. There are still holes that need to be filled or better filled. And especially with shortstop, even if Isaiah Kiner-Falefa fills certain needs like defense, there were better options out there. Undeniably better options, especially seeing their contracts after the fact now if you're using hindsight. So I, I have to disagree. It's just the best deals to serve their interests. There were better options. I agree with Gary going being a, a positive at this point. And despite him being injured and underperforming last year, I will miss Gio Urshela. 
Even you said with the age with Donaldson, a bit concerning. I agree with that. Can still hit. Toughness can do you well, yeah. And Wurtvit, I mean, he's already hurts, and, and we're yet to really see what he can do in the big leagues. There really aren't that many numbers big league-wise to to really go off of. Yeah, I think Cashman didn't panic, but in certain areas, I'm not really sure he even had much of a pulse. There were better options out there. I don't know where they're going to finish. I'm not going to pretend like I'll know where they're going to finish. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling too great, not dooming their season, not saying that they're automatically going to fail, but I have my concerns. And the job isn't done yet, in my opinion. They're just not done. There are more moves that need to be done. At PD39 says, They've done a good job carrying out Hal's marching orders. I feel that the surprising Correa deal announced does open up a new avenue for the Yanks to take towards possibly signing Story, and they should definitely do that if they can, and keep Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as depth. <laughs> yeah, you poor guy. Uh, like I said, this was before... This was yesterday, so this was before... Story's contract. That was my thing. I said yesterday, at the end of the day, my thought was, if you could find a way to get Story on a short-term deal, sign him up, have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa help out wherever you need him. Even help, have him help out with catcher for now. That's what I was thinking. The guy does have versatility. That was a positive in the minds of all of us. So have him use it. You signed Story for maybe... I mean, he did sign for six years, so maybe... Ultimately, he didn't want anything lower than that. Maybe he did want a bit longer, and Correa was the one to settle for the three-year contract, with which nobody saw coming. I don't care who you are. But it would have been awfully nice. I was saying yesterday, before anything was announced, maybe you could get Story on a shorter deal, and Story also has the positive that he was willing to move around the infield whenever need be as well. He'd move to third, and hell, it was announced today that he's going to play second for the Red Sox, and that Xander's staying at short. So he was willing to move around. And that was the thought I had. You have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa helping out a catcher a bit. Sign up story for just a couple of years. That was the thought I had at the time. Obviously, that could be seen as a little different today also because, again, he did sign for six years. But uh, I feel bad for everybody that commented on this and mentioned story <laughs> because I had no idea what was going to happen the next morning. At Think It Ain't Gal says, they've done nothing in my opinion, period. Scary to think that the Twins will be a better club than our Yankees. I'm pretty sure the Twins do still need some better pitching. But yeah, they did get Correa. They did, and a big part of that reason could be because the Yankees took Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa off their paybooks, off their payroll. Who knows? At Luz Steph says, I think they're a third place team at best. That is totally unacceptable. Yeah, it's tough when you think back to them talking about the importance of improving at shortstop. And then again, you have the best free agent shortstop class in God knows how long. And you don't sign any of them. It's tough. Tough, tough, tough. I don't know how you could be upset with anybody for, for being upset about that. At Dog and Tao says, I think they did well. Everyone always wants more. That's It's just that there were better options out there. I even had someone tell me, oh, you sound like they want them to get everybody. No, I don't want them to get everybody. But especially looking back at now, what were affordable contracts, not long-term with Correa, only slightly over $20 million a year for Story, 
I don't know. There's just there are better options out there. There were the better options. Is it wrong to expect more from the New York Yankees at a position that even they themselves seemed extremely dedicated to massively improving amidst having a class for the ages in front of them in order to do so? And they go stopgap? Is it really wrong to be upset over that? Even if you do like Volpe and you do believe in him? I can't blame people for being upset about that. I really, really can't. Especially when it comes to first base. I mean, like I said before, it really just seemed Freeman just didn't want to come here. Olsen costed what he did. Fine. So first base, not as big of an issue with that. Shortstop is another story, along with the other holes that they still need to fill. They need catching help. They could afford another mid-rotation, maybe, starter. Whether you like it or not, that's the truth. They may have depth there, but I mean, hey, even some of that depth was taken away with Herman hitting the 60-day DL already. Or IL. How many years is that going on? I still can't get used to it. <laughs> they could afford to add there. Or how about in center field? When it comes to Aaron Hicks and how doubtful things are with him and his health and his ability even, given the last time we saw him. At coach underscore gets says, not sure they've gotten much better. Well, they, they improved defensively a bit on the left side of the infield and going up the middle. And Donaldson can still hit. But you balance that with all of the other realistic, I guess you could call them negatives that I've given before. <laughs> And that's that. At 7 Foot Rabbit says, I feel like the 2021 Yankees broke down on the side of the road without gas and had to walk to the nearest gas station to get gas. Tried to haggle down the price and then returned to the car without any gas, saying that they did the best they could. Wow. <laughs> that's some sort of an analogy. Especially given the state of gas prices here in the country. <laughs> Just had to really use that analogy right now, huh? It tends to be a bit of a touchy subject these days. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that might be true to some people. It's hard to blame people for feeling this way. Sorry. At It's Me BMD 1085 says, They've gotten a little better. Still a couple of moves that could be made. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was disappointed, but I'm looking forward to 2022 and watching them contend for the division and hopefully a World Series. Yeah, a little better, like with the defense as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and Donaldson can still hit the ball here and there, but there are the other factors I mentioned. And yes, still a couple of moves that could be made. Glad you acknowledged that at least. Some people are hesitant to admit that. But yeah, listen, as underwhelmed and disappointed I am, as I am in certain areas. Like I said, too, I've got that general excitement, too, for baseball being back. It's awesome having baseball on my television again right next to me. The first televised Yankees spring training game. Yankees and the Tigers. I'm thrilled about it. Even if the Yankees are losing 2 nothing right now. <laughs> Which I don't care about at spring training, I know. I'm just saying. But I got that general excitement, too. And like I said, I'm willing to wait and see. I will wait and see. But you best believe that if my takes end up being true, you ain't ever going to hear the end of it. <laughs> All right, let's just do a couple more, and then we'll read a couple on Instagram and wrap up for the day. Up next is at Carib Saint, and they say, how do I feel? And they put a gif of Han Solo saying, I have a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> Fair enough. At Michael 490 says, 
Too many holes for a $250 million team. Howes pulled back the leash and hopefully holds Cashman responsible for this mess. Well, if Howe pulled back the leash, then who's to blame there? <laughs> so yeah, but I understand what you're saying when it comes to that it not being enough and the payroll being so high. Meanwhile, they could still afford to add a pitcher. They could still afford to have some catching help. Center field with Aaron Hicks until he proves otherwise seems to be a little bit on the weaker side. And there are better options for shortstop when they had a shortstop class for the ages out there. So yeah, I I cannot disagree with that. At Sooner NJ says, we're in neutral. Nothing to get too excited about. Hmm, All right. At BSK Barry says, tried to solve one problem, shortstop, and caused others. Catching will be a negative position and need to make sure DJ LeMahieu is playing. Need him to be leading off. Well, if he plays the way he did last year when he had his down year, then maybe leadoff is not a great position for him to be in anymore. But, yeah, I mean, you just signed the guy to his six-year contract an offseason ago. He's got to play. Got to find a spot for him. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're right. And catching will be a negative if they don't improve there. Because right now, with Rortvid hurt, all you got is Higgy. Unless you call someone up from the minor leagues. And if Isaiah Kiner-Falefa helps out there too, then fine. But then who are you going to put it short? Are you going to put Glaber back there? Or maybe when he's ready, you put Peraza there? That's not a that's not a guarantee. He's not proven major league talent. Hopefully he lives up to it. I definitely hope so. I'm not trying to be negative about him, just being realistic. We'll see. At K McAwesome says, I like it. They improve defensively and have a much more balanced lineup. Just a reminder, the Yankees' 2021 opening day first baseman was Jay Bruce, and left field was Clint Frazier. Yes, Frazier was coming off a great 2020, but Gallo is an improvement. That's a more optimistic way of looking at it. I did acknowledge, yeah, defensively, yeah, fine. Left side of the infield's good, even though left side of the infield with Geo is still good at third base. I'll still acknowledge that for my Geo lovers out there, and I do love Geo. But much more balanced lineup? I mean, Donaldson's still power. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, he'll put the bat on the ball, and that does have its positive attributes, but I don't know about much more balance. He is still just a right-handed hitter at the end of the day, as is Donaldson. If you want to take the perspective of right-handed and left-handed hitters throughout the Yankee lineup, I mean, the subject of too many righties was somewhat addressed when they got guys like Gallo and Rizzo, even though Gallo is the very opposite of contact. But yeah, I, I don't know about much more balance, maybe a little bit more in the sense that he puts the bat on the ball. And as far as Jay Bruce, absolutely. Oh my God. I like Anthony Rizzo to begin with. I've made that very clear. I love Anthony Rizzo without even saying anything else, but I think a pebble would do better at first base than where the Yankees were at to start last year. That is for sure. Definitely will agree with that. I don't mean to be disrespectful towards Jay Bruce, but I mean, what happened, happened. At Omaha, Yankee fan one says, one word, underwhelmed. Always a fan, but they still need a lot of pieces to fall into place. It's more or less how I feel. Just that more could have been done, and there are still holes to be filled. Yeah, it's fair enough. All right, let's a couple more. A couple more. I, I keep on saying a couple more, and then I do even more. I just want to try to fit in as many as I can, but we are over an hour in already. Oh my God, time flies. 
At Guy Smiley Man says, The same way I feel after I've eaten a bucket of clams, only to find out that they were sitting in the sun for three days before I ate them. <laughs> God, some of you guys are colorful. Up next, at Mark Solomon 1117 says, I'm fine with this. It's a better team than last year. Yeah, in some ways, but some holes need to be filled, like we've said. Things still need to happen. At JA underscore Vincent says, I haven't watched a spring training game yet. However, today, if I was Mr. Hal, Mr. Brian, or Aaron Boone, I would be content to be frank. All right, so you'd be optimistic. Okay. All right, one more. Who's going to be my last red reply here? At C Pizza IA says, The Minnesota trade made us better. The Voight trade we got back at the very least is a better trade chip or a very good prospect. We still need another starting pitcher. But overall, I feel okay. Could we have done better? No doubt. But I feel like it's incomplete right now. All right, so the overall opinion is what they still are remaining or are yet to do. I think it's safe to say because you said it's incomplete. Like I said, they could make it better if they add in starting pitching. They still need some catching help. Not thrilled about center field with Hicks being there regularly. I'll stick to those opinions. And those are actually fact because after... Hicks got his Tommy John surgery. I mean, look what's happened. <laughs> so, and and it's a fact that they need catching help. They're set to have a negative output there this season with how things are turning out, even amidst the happiness of Gary Sanchez being gone. <laughs> I'll agree, yeah, the Minnesota trade got them kinder for Leffa who could put the bat on the ball, decent defense up the middle, but there were better options. You can't debate that. And the Voight trade, even though he had little to no value at all, yeah, they, the, man, the fact that they managed to get Justin Lang back, who now ranks, I believe I heard, at number 20 in the Yankees system, that's, that's good. I'm fine with that. I expected them to get, like, nothing back at all. <laughs> so, whatever. Still need another starting pitcher. Still need catcher. So, yeah, incomplete, underwhelmed. As I scroll through these replies, even the ones I didn't get to, and there are plenty I didn't, again, I apologize, I just can't to too many of you, but I scroll through, see a lot of frustration, see a lot of underwhelm, see some positivity, and there are their positives here and there, I acknowledge them, but alas, we are where we are. Alright, on Instagram, we'll read a couple over there, again, same question, quite simply, how do you feel about what the Yanks have done so far? Let us start with, on Instagram, official52011 says, the Yankees still need a starting pitcher. Yeah. I would still love if they added Manaya or Montes. I would love that. At MountainGal456, my good friend Tina says, I would have liked another starting pitcher, and I still worry about strikeouts. For instance, Joey Gallo. I hope players will produce this season. I'm tired of all the slumps we tend to get into. Other than that, I guess I'm okay with it all and just ready to play ball. It's a good little rhyme right at the end there. <laughs> but yeah, listen, especially with after all the months without baseball at all, you better believe that I'm ready for it too. But I just, I acknowledge that more could have happened, particularly at shortstop. And yeah, the strikeouts are still a concern here and there. Obviously, you're probably going to get a lot of strikeouts from Judge, Stanton, Gallo. Going to get a lot of home runs too, hopefully. But you get a lot of strikeouts, and that's part of it. That's what you hope for. 
with guys like Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, hopefully they help out with that a little bit because both tend to have some pretty low strikeout rates. Like I said, even though I'm underwhelmed with shortstop when it comes to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa because there are better options out there, that's just undeniably true. The positive attributes of him are that he puts the bat on the ball. Here and there, he definitely does. And he could possibly help with that strikeout problem. So, he certainly has little to no pop in his bat at all. But like I said before, it's fine. Not everybody needs that. And the Yankees have enough of it. So, yeah. And I definitely hope that they don't get into any of those slumps as well. Because I don't want any remote similarities to 2021 this year. Please, God. (laughs) I will say one more thing about Kiner Falefa, though. And, you know, this is to be expected by a lot of guys who come to the Yankees. Because a lot of people in their heads are like, oh my God, I'd love to be a Yankee. A lot of people are expecting this from certain guys, but it was adorable how excited Kiner Falefa was to be a Yankee when the trade was announced. I mean, this guy's like thrilled to be here. I do like that. And I really don't want to be branded as like a Kiner Falefa hater just because I pointed out the negatives, the realistic negatives in his gameplay as well. They're there. That doesn't mean I don't like the guy. And just because I acknowledge that there were better options out there also does not mean that I don't like the guy. He's a Yankee now. I'm going to root for him. He's on my team. And I like how excited he is to be here. So there you go. Kevin YC0816 says, I feel that the front office has done a poor job getting top quality players and the rotation is still weak. For a $250 million organization, it was by far the most disappointing offseason I've witnessed. I'm glad that they got rid of Sanchez. Sucks to see Gio go. But Donaldson will be fine. Just worried about his history of injuries. Yeah, valid thing to be concerned about when it comes to top quality. Yeah, listen, they had top quality in every sense of the word available to them in this past offseason shortstop free agency class. None of them were signed, so that's a valid criticism. It's valid. Sucks to see Gio go. Kind of a relief to see Gary go. Absolutely agreed on both of those things. And yeah, it's crazy. With holes still needed to be filled that the payroll is up that high. It's crazy. It just shows you that The money that they spent in some areas just, it wasn't, it's biting them in the behind now. It's like 30 million of that is Britton and Chapman. And look what happened to Chapman for a chunk of last year. And look how much time due to injury that Britton is missing. How much time he's going to miss this year. Maybe we'll see him at the end of the year. A lot of that is just from those two guys alone. I mean, what you could have done with that money? It sucks. (laughs) All right, last two. My girlfriend Vic Salimo is up next, and Vic says, I think that the moves the Yankees made so far are mediocre at best. I don't see us getting to a World Series right now at this point with what we have. So far, it's another disappointment. Yeah, they could have done better at shortstop. Could have done better at first, but I mean, the factor's there. Olsen just costed a ton. It sounded like Freeman just didn't want to come here. Olsen costed a lot in prospects, I mean, not in money. But... Yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much you could do there. But with shortstop, yeah, it's underwhelming. Kiner Falefa might have his positive attributes, but there are much better options out there. It's simply undeniable. It's undeniable. I'm willing to wait and see, as I'm sure plenty of you are, disappointed or not. But all we can say at this point in time, before things officially get started, because it's only spring training right now, the feeling of underwhelm It's tough to blame, and it's pretty prevalent 
throughout the Yankee community, it would seem. All right, last but certainly not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, Quite frankly, I'm not surprised. Lower-level choices, especially at shortstop, instead of some of the big names out there for grabs that the Yankees could have afforded. Whatever. I'm glad that baseball's back more than anything. Who knows if they make the playoffs? Sorry I'm being a bit negative. It's just that, with shortstop, there were better all-around options, and I'm not happy with the money taken on by our third baseman. I'm not impressed. I'm okay with Rizzo at first base given the circumstances there, and I happen to like Rizzo. Hopefully, I end up being 100% wrong about the negatives. Let's go Yankees. Yeah, and I hope that I'm 100% wrong when it comes to the negatives too. Like I said, I don't like being negative. But yeah, overall options, you're right. It's shortstop. Obviously, better options out there. Isaiah Connor falefa might have his positives, like I've acknowledged, despite being underwhelmed by the move. But it's valid to be upset about not getting a platinum glove winner and great hitter in Carlos Correa, and getting a solid overall shortstop in Trevor Story. It's okay to be upset about that, especially seeing their contracts after the fact. Don't let anybody tell you out there that you're not allowed to be upset. After all, the Yankees made it sound with how much they were prioritizing shortstop right after 2021 was done. With the shortstop class they had in front of them, one for the ages, and not a one was signed. Not one was brought in. I understand you can't get them all. You can't get all the best players of all time for every position. I'm not dopey. I understand that concept. But you have a right to be upset about that. You have a right to your opinion. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. All in all, I have my opinions. You all have your opinions. Positive or negative. And in time, they'll be proven right or wrong. For now... Before a single game is even to be played, let's just see what happens. We'll go on feeling the way that we feel, but we'll see what actually, ultimately, ends up playing out. And hopefully, because at the end of the day, we're Yankee fans, or at least the vast majority of people listening to this show are. There are probably some non-Yankee fans out there, and I definitely welcome all of you as well. But for my fellow Yankee fans out there, in the end, regardless of how much we love the team, or how much we critique certain moves. We all want the same thing ultimately. For the Yankees to do well. And whether that means it be with the options that they got. Or with the options that they could have gotten. In another timeline maybe. <laughs> then that's all that matters. That they succeed. And let's hope that in the timeline we are in. <laughs> that they do succeed with this team. Despite some of our displeasures towards some of their choices. And let's just hope as well, because regardless of whether you like what they've done or not, there are still areas on this team that need addressing, and additions that would be very nice and help a great deal. So let's just hope that they're smart enough to make those necessary additions and address some of these remaining needs. They could use outfield help, even though I don't see that happening at this point. They definitely need to figure something out with catching and they could definitely use another starter. And we'll keep our eyes out throughout this next week or so, what they choose to do or not do, in their potential pursuit for Manaya and or Montes. Probably one or the other. And regardless of your preference, it could be one of them. And I'd be fine with either of them, because they're both very good. But like a lot of people have pointed out, and I've pointed out myself, it seems incomplete right now. 
And if they make a necessary move like that, adding another solid starter, that could make things better. But right now, it just feels incomplete. We've got to see what else happens. Spring training's only just beginning. There's still some time to make some moves. And we'll see if this is all that they got. But if they're not going to make another single move, my final word, again, is just that I'm really, I'm not thrilled. I'm not. I expected more. Especially at shortstop. But I would have liked even better additions at catcher. Would have liked a better addition in the outfield. And if they don't end up making a move on Manaya and or Montes or anybody else for pitching, then I'll be really unhappy. I'd like an addition there too. Because the Yankees could definitely use the additions in these areas. They definitely could. All right. I gotta go. <laughs> I literally just looked up and noticed how deep into the episode we are. We are well over an hour into this episode. I did not want to go this long today because I am exhausted, but apparently not exhausted enough because after about an hour and 15 minutes, here I am still yapping away. So let's wrap this up. Please, guys, remember to follow me on all social medias. Mike Scudero NY is my Facebook fan page. Find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and find me on Instagram as well at Mike Scuds. 97. Be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees everywhere. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like on YouTube if you're there. Leave a review on any of the other three if you're on any of those. And there are a great many Yapping Yankees episodes. Hell, this is episode 133 today. There are a lot. So if you've missed any of the past Yapping Yankees episodes, then please go back and listen to them. Episodes 34 up to episode 133 today are available on YouTube. And all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, going all the way back to episode one, are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today, my friends, for over an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, March 27th, when my tired ass comes at you with episode 134 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Keep an eye out for another deal when it comes to the Yankees, hopefully, and definitely enjoy spring training as I will as well. Enjoy your week, my friends. And as always, thank you so, so much for your interactions on today's episode as well. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care. (laughs) 